4: Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep.
5: The numbers told the story, they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa. It's
2: one of those idiots who believe in analytics.
3: Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Link, A plus iHeartRadio, YouTube, TV. It's Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay in the house, Kevin Harlan joining us later. Kevin Harlan, who has uh, done Westwood One Radio. Uh, With the uh, Super Bowl for a record 12 straight years. Obviously works for CBS. TNT will be in the uh, Pittsburgh pot, if you will, for March Madness. He's got some uh, games we want to go over. And also known for uh, Jeff more than anything, his calls of black cats and streakers. During his uh, announcing career, I think we'll have to ask him about that as well. Uh, Paul Carr will join us, second leg of the round of 16 games in the Champions League. But first, we're joined on a rare Tuesday from under a cloud of smoke in uh, Southern California, at Spreadopedia on Twitter, and the host of the Wide World of Winegarden podcast, coming into town this week to take in some March Madness games. The paparazzi is ready. It's Jason Winegarden. How you doing, man?
5: Pretty good just uh daylight savings times kind of confusing me a little bit no yeah no. it's an american thing isn't it daylight savings yeah, it's very uh, it screws up my whole sleep schedule for some reason they don't
3: uh in arizona it doesn't happen does it nope doesn't happen and then in indiana i think like there's people like across the street from each other where they're like on different time it's a whole thing it's really it's very strange very odd well i hope your body clock uh You know, recalibrates, Jason. Let me ask you this. resets itself. Hopefully. Hopefully so. So baseball free agency in full swing. Uh, I'm curious for you, the biggest, most impactful move thus far that people aren't aren't talking about, let's say. That aren't talking about. Yeah. Well, let's do the, the let's do it obvious and let's do one that's sort of under the radar.
5: I don't think there have been very many under the radar moves yet. I mean, we still have all the, the Confortos and the Chris Bryants and the Schwarbers out there. So you're going to see those guys get signed before you see a lot of the more fringe sort of name sign. Um, Do we know if Freddie I,
3: Freeman is a Dodger or a Blue Jay? Like one one second he's there, the next he's in the other spot. What's the deal?
5: We don't know anything because he hasn't said anything. It's all just speculation. You know, people like me saying, well, I think he wants to go to L.A. or, mm-hmm. you know. People like you, uh, Jason. T- it's hard. It's hard to see him going anywhere else, though. I mean, I, I can't see a, a team kind of pulling out of nowhere at this point, either. Either him or the Dodgers or the Blue Jays. Um, but I've, I'm actually, I've, I've been pretty impressed with some of the moves your Giants have been making, as usual. Carlos, signing uh, Carlos Carlos Martinez off the scrap heap. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a guy who was a, you know, a a, a real potential front line starter with the Cardinals a couple of years ago. Got him for a million and a half dollars or two million mm-hmm. dollars, like. What a deal, you know, I, I, you know, you're talking about under the radar. That, that was an under the radar deal for me. Yeah.
3: I, you see, here's the thing, though, for, for people who aren't baseball fans, like who are just casual baseball fans, I still feel like Rodon is, is kind of this weird under the radar thing. He was like an AL Cy Young Award candidate. And if you're not like a really big baseball fan or better, I just think some people are still like, oh, well, there's a move. That's a huge move for that team, too, don't you think? For the Giants, yeah, definitely massive. But Martinez is interesting. You're right, because uh, uh, once upon a time, what an ace he was. We'll see what he uh, what he has left in the tank here for the Giants. They're going to use him as a as a closer in the bullpen. Is that the is that the plan?
5: I don't know what the plan is. I know yeah. it's a minor league deal. So yeah, we'll see you know, got shot. All
3: right. Uh World Series futures. Dodgers are 6 to 1, Astros 9 to 1. The Mets lead the double digit parade. By the way, what did you think of the Josh Donaldson to the Yankees for Gary Sanchez, Gio Urshela package? What do you think about that move?
5: I was not expecting Josh Donaldson to get moved to the Yankees. So, uh you know, nice move nice move from them. I don't think I don't think Yankees fans are ever really happy, no matter who you add. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. always kinda not enough. So the reaction to this trade has sort of been negative, I feel like. But uh, and I've I've said this before, but people have to kinda keep in mind that the Yankees did win ninety games last year. Yeah, so they did. Uh-huh. You know, they're not like a seventy win team, you know, it's it's like they're they're still pretty good. But you really can't please Yankees fans no matter what happens. So okay, so here's a trade that happened yesterday, which I feel
3: is like kind of huge because one, first of all, the athletics trade Greg Olson to the Braves. The athletics kind of punting on the season. It's kind of what they do cyclically, right? They're in Oakland with their with their uh, you know, small market approach, if you will, under Billy Bean. Then we had this trade from the Reds to the mariners yesterday and it looks like the reds are punting on the season but they trade eugenio suarez and jesse winker who as you pointed out via text yesterday there's like only six players in all of baseball with a uh, wrc plus better than his since the beginning of 2020 and those are like huge names in the game um they go both of those guys go to the mariners the mariners are a sneaky bet here have you made any mariners bets yet
5: I have not I've not made any Mariners bets I still think it's a really competitive division and my uh, my initial bet that I liked I saw that the Astros were even money for a bit to win the uh, the AL West but the uh, the team in the AL West that I think has the most interesting numbers is the Angels and if you look at the Angels prices compared to like Westgate and DraftKings and BetMGM, MGM uh, Westgate who has. You know, a uh, uh, a little bit of a better and uh, more sophisticated uh, baseball uh, handicapping you know group back there. They have you know guys who can set numbers a little better. They have priced the Angels slightly more aggressively than the rest of the market, and I I understand how and why they they priced it like they did. But I I think Westgate is correct, and the rest of the market is off when it comes to pricing. The Angels and the AL West and and those teams right now. So that may that was something I found real interesting. May
3: I say out loud what I what what would be the speculation as to what you're talking about? Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, out
5: loud? yeah. It's it's so so the new expanded playoff mm-hmm. essentially for pennant futures and for World Series futures, uh, getting into the playoffs is worth a lot more than it was you know necessarily in the past when you had to win the division or whatever. So a team like the Angels, it's not necessarily gonna be a good bet to win the division, you know, or they might not win the division. They still can get into the playoffs. And once once the Angels get into the playoffs, you have Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, et cetera, et cetera, it's a coin flip. You know, it it's sure. it's it just becomes a coin it doesn't matter if you won seventy eight games or eighty five games, you know. It just becomes a coin flip in a, a three game series or a five game series.
3: So there so basically that and that makes tons of sense. There are there are teams that, you know, with the expansion of the playoffs become that much more likely teams that are on, not to use the NCAA term, on the bubble, right, like the figurative bubble in baseball, who would really benefit from these extra teams in and if they can slip in. We know how random the baseball playoffs are, right? We say with hockey, you'd have to play a best of 51, the old stats by Lopez that to manifest 80% of, uh, of favorites through like like it happens in the NBA and best of sevens. In baseball, randomly, in the playoffs, you'd have to play best of 75s. That's how random the Major League Baseball playoffs are. And so for a team like the Angels, the pricing is really interesting from book to book. I think it's a great point on your part. What uh, bets have you made uh, otherwise, let's say in uh, some individual player markets, you started to make those. I would assume.
5: Yeah, I bet a couple. And first thing it was mostly finding some some numbers that I thought were just totally off off market. Like Nate Nate Peter uh, Nate Pearson, the the pitcher in, on Toronto. Mm-hmm. His uh, his rookie of the year odds at one book was like fifty five to one. It was twenty to one at another one. So Nate, um, Nate so Pearson is still eligible for rookie of the year. Yeah, which amazing. which I think. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised. I was also totally surprised that I saw 55 to 1 on him this year, a year after his number was like, you know, 10 to 1. Or,
3: this so is just this, this is a true story, Jason. And I'm not making this up. Last night on Primetime Action, we were talking about the Blue Jays. We we're talking about Manoa. And I literally out loud I, I said, I go, Who was that other Blue Jays prospect that was like so huge a couple years ago? What was his name again? And I had to look it up. I'm like, Oh, yeah, Nate Pearson. And you just bring him up here. 55 to 1.
5: Wow. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think like just sometimes you get numbers like that on a guy like, like you kind of forget that he was a front runner mm-hmm. last year when the market opened. And so what's changed? He didn't have a good year. I mean, pitchers, pitchers take a long time to develop. I thought that was a, a reasonable bet at a big number. Uh, Tristan Casas, the uh, first base DH for the Red Sox. I got at 33 to one uh, Jaron Duran center fielder for the Red Sox should be on the opening day roster. I got him at a hundred to one. That number has dropped significantly. Uh, Jose, uh, or, or what's his name? Julio Rodriguez. I got twenty to one, 16 to one. Those are mostly down to tens and eights now. J. Rod. And uh, I bet, I bet C. J. Abrams yesterday on the uh, the event that Fernando Tatis is out for an extended period of time and they don't sign a replacement shortstop. If C. J. Abrams somehow makes the Padres roster, I thought fifty to one. It's likely going to be 20 to one, 10 to one, whatever he's, he's a very, you know, highly regarded top 10 sort of level prospect. He's just a year away, you know, and now there's an injury. So like I always say, you have to have a path to play in time to actually be seriously considered for rookie of the year. Mm -hmm. So, so those were, those are a couple rookie of the year bets I bet so far. Wow. And I got Jordan Alvarez to hit the most home runs. I think that was at Westgate. I think it was 40 to one. Uh, might have dropped a bit. Let's have you come back tomorrow and
3: share some more uh, because it seems like you will have a massive amount by the time baseball season rolls around uh, on April 7th. Let me, let, me, let me just ask you this also about Fernando Tatis, who we found out uh, fractured his wrist and needs surgery, will be out for three months. Is it bad when they ask him when his motorcycle accident was, if he responds, which one is that bad? Oh,
5: man. That was, that was dumb, but I'm, I'm not surprised because I, I pointed it out in, like, December that he had a motorcycle accident and no one was talking about it and there was no info and, you know, the beat riders were all like, oh, he's fine. And I'm like, okay, sure, you know, whatever you say, beat writers, yeah. you don't know anything. Well, um, and
3: beat writers are also incentivized to say only good things, right? They don't want to run afoul of the team or anything. So,
5: And, I mean, the, the San Diego beat writers, you know, from from San Diego to Santa Domingo can pick up the phone and get the same information I can. Yes. And yeah. that's
3: a whole other story about Jason uh, picking up phone and calling people. we got to get into that a little bit. Uh, Jason, we'll talk to you tomorrow. We appreciate they- it.
5: Thank you. Looking forward to it. Talk to you later. Jason spread
3: at Spreadopedia, coming back with Paul Carr next.
2: Hey,
4: Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched
6: it?
3: Yeah, it was edited so well.
1: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
6: The numbers game with Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network.
3: Numbers game proudly brought to you by Bet MGM Nevada. Look at that on your screen. Kentucky fried chicken fried to order. The Kentucky fried chicken sandwich. Finger licking good. Order it now. Order now on the KFC app. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Did you see, Jeff, uh, the final round of the Tournament Players Championship yesterday? Did you see that at all? Anything? A little
2: of it. So, by the
3: way, I am all for Wednesday to Saturday golf. Remember, the, uh, was it the NFL Championship weekend where they shifted the tournament to Wednesday through Saturday? I'm also a big fan of having tournaments end on a Monday. I know that's not for everybody because people have uh, jobs all day long but this was a joy to watch yesterday on the least predictable tournament, right, of the, of the big events, golf's de facto fifth major, the PGA Tours major, if you will. And Cam Smith ends up winning it uh, by one stroke over Lahiri in what was just a, a, a fascinating ending to it where Cam Smith looked like he was just going to roll, roll to the promised land, at the Tournament Players Championship, which, by the way, has the biggest purse in all of golf, $3.6 million to the winner, um, which is just an unbelievable amount of money. Obviously, there's FedEx bonus points, there's exemptions, there's all kinds of other things involved. But Cam Smith was just rolling along, and then on 17, on the island green, the the most iconic hole in all of golf, he he ends up sticking it like four feet away from the hole. I am convinced he completely mishit the ball. Like, I'm convinced he got there by accident. The Ricky Fowler line, if you will, to that hole famously. Uh, So he ends up with with just an amazing uh, tee shot there. But then on 18, like, so he's just, he's coasting a victory. He pulls out a driver, which is the first thing. I'm like, where's your caddy to tell you not to pull out a driver? He puts it in the pine needles on the right. Okay, that's fine, because you still have a a cushion lead. But then he chips it into the water. I'm like, what is this guy doing? Lahiri ends up birding 17. Um, anyway, Cam with a great recovery on 18 Lahiri needed a chip to force a playoff. He came up just a couple feet short. It was a great ending, but Cam tried everything in his power to blow that. We bring in Paul Carr from true media networks. And of course the expected value podcast, a golf fan himself. You bet in golf these days, Paul,
4: no, I've I've kind of, uh, drop down to majors, some interest in majors, maybe sprinkle a little bit when the majors come around. And that's about all I have time for, unfortunately. Yeah. Joe Peta had Cam Smith winning this. I got to talk to him about that. He's got right, Joe Peta will be here
3: on set before the masters. He is the, uh, the authority on masters analytics. So he'll be here on set. Uh, you, sir, have some uh, some picks now in the Champions League. Round two, excuse me, pardon me. Round of 16, second legs once again continue. Did we learn anything last week? from the whole shift in rules about aggregate score and excuse me, away goals, meaning more obviously an aggregate score. We didn't really have that last week, did we?
4: Yeah. And and the games are different this week. Like three of them are draws going into the second leg. Um, I don't think so. There's just nothing apples to apples. And you get such small sample sizes and differences in talent and and everything like that. I was a little surprised how Liverpool and city both kind of just shut it down uh, on, on their sides. And, but then like Bayern. Was up, was 1 1 going in. They could have scored a couple and shut it down. They hung seven on Salzburg. So, yeah, I, I don't think we learned anything specific. It'll probably take, you know, a year, several years even, till we get a real sense of what the shift in away goals means.
3: Okay. So, today, again, two today, two tomorrow. Uh, these are all 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific, I believe, as well. Uh,
4: they pushed. It's oh, an hour later, actually. hour later. We me. had the time change. England's, I don't oh, know, two weeks behind. Oh, the old daylight yeah, so it's, savings.
3: So it's 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific. Thank you. The old spring ahead. That would have got yeah. me. All right. Yep. Man U and Atletico Madrid, a 1-1 draw in the first
4: leg. Yeah, and, and United was really lucky to get that. Uh, they only had seven shots. 0. 0.6 expected goals. They got a late goal from outside the box to tie it up. Really didn't do anything offensively. And so I guess what I, what I recommend here is don't be a prisoner of the moment with Manchester United beating Tottenham three, two over the weekend, Ronaldo had a hat trick. He inspired Tom Brady to come back and all that stuff. Uh, but they only had nine <laughs> shots in the game. Is that Ten how they shots went down? In the game. Yeah. <laughs> they had a conversation yeah, after I know the they game. did, yes. And, yeah, it came out, and Ronaldo asked, are you finished? And Brady's like, "Yeah."
3: Yeah, it was total tell. Brady's like, uh, we'll see. Maybe, I
4: think, maybe I mean, tune
3: in tomorrow during Selection yeah. Sunday.
4: Yeah. Manchester yeah. United's owned by the Bucks or by the Glazers yeah. own the Bucks. So yeah. that was kind of the, you think about it, that was the tip-off. Easy to say in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, didn't Somebody feel, I wasn't knew. one of those... Yeah, I'd, I didn't get the, the 50 to 1 on the bucks to win yeah. the Super Bowl. They were just rampaging all over town making that bet. Yeah. They knew. So, yeah, point being, United got three goals, but only one was a really good chance. And Ronaldo had a belter from outside the box. There's a, a header off a corner, which are pretty low percentage. Uh, so, I don't think United has solved their offensive problems because of one Ronaldo hat trick. And I'd let it go once to make this game a rock fight. You know, they want to muck it up in the midfield and just make it as ugly as possible, sneak a goal. That's basically what they did in the first leg. So I see this being a low-scoring game. It's about as square as possible to bet under two and a half on any Atletico game, but that's where I'm going here. Uh, minus two and a half, you know, it's a one-nil type of game for either team, maybe one-one, and we get to extra time, uh, which reminds me, as always, these are regulation-only bets on these second legs.
3: Regulation-only, always want to want to make that clear. Uh, this is also, today, the rare Paul Carr Over first half
4: goals wager. What do you have here? Yeah, so this is the one of the four that I think we're going to have quite a few goals in. Uh, Ajax Benfica. The first leg was two-two. Could have been a lot more. Ajax should have had three or four in the first half, uh, but we were only up two-one at the break after giving up an own goal as well. So a little bit unlucky for Ajax, but I think they're going to come out blazing. They've done it. They've scored double or they've been double-digit goals. Sorry, not double-digit goals. That would be a that'd be a story right there. They've been at least two goals <laughs> in four straight games. There, six of the last seven and had a lot of expected goals in the first half. So I th- think they're going to come out blazing again. I could see this tightening up late you know once things are you know in place a little bit teams one team or the other might want to just batten everything down for the last half hour or so but I think we're gonna see goals early so i like over one and a half uh, for the first half only minus 105 I don't mind playing over three and a half it's at minus 120 it's probably going to get worse but uh, I'm playing over first half one and a half goals. All right, let's go to tomorrow. Another
3: two games, also 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Thank you. Uh, spring ahead. Daylight savings. Thanks yeah. for that reminder. Juventus and Villarreal. What do you have here?
4: I think this one's going to be tight, too. Just like the first leg we saw, you know, Juve was pretty cautious. They scored in the first minute with Dusan. Vlahovic, sorry, uh, getting the goal right off the bat guy they just picked up and they didn't do a whole lot the rest of the way. And I think that's, again, I think both teams are kind of going to have that strategy here. Let's steal a one-nil win, Uh, Viral trying to do it on the road. Uh, Juventus should have, or may have, a couple defenders back who are injured uh, in Chiellini and Benucci. They might have Paulo Dybala in the midfield, help them get a little more traction there. But. Just kind of the way UVA has been playing, they haven't been great against the good teams. This goes for Manchester United. This goes for Juventus this season. Have not been great against good teams. And Viral is a, it's a good team, so I don't think Juventus is going to generate a lot offensively. And Viral is going to be fine to kind of push them in the midfield and try to get that uh, goal like they did in the second half of the first leg. So I like a low-scoring game here also i played under two and a half at minus 140. I think there's a real chance of a nil-nil, one-one draw type of game. So I played the draw to a plus 245. Again, 90 minutes. So if they go to extra time and you know goals explode or don't, uh, you still win the bet if you played the draw and they get to extra time. Okay, juventus
3: Villarreal two bets, under two and a half goals, and taking a flyer on the draw, which I believe you did in a, in a game last week as well, plus 245. Uh, and then Chelsea is in action tomorrow as well. Uh, they won their first leg
4: 2-nil any Chelsea games a little weird right now with all the, you know, their owner has been sanctioned because he is Russian. Mm-hmm. And so there's, you know, they're saying they may have to bus to a, you know, a game in North, Northern England, like a five hour bus trip. Uh, they're supposed to be limited on their travel budgets to get to France. So players are saying they might have to pony up for, you know, to fly uh, how they would prefer to fly. So all Chelsea stuff's a little bit weird right now, but just from an on the field standpoint, let's look at the motivations here. I think this is kind of straightforward. Chelsea doesn't need to score. They're up two nil and Lille has had trouble scoring the last few weeks. They only have seven goals in their last seven league games, uh, only about 12 shots a game. Chelsea is just going to grind this one I think into oblivion, kind of like City did against uh, last week in their game against Sporting, or they didn't need to score. 5-0 is a little different than 2-0, but City was fine to just kind of kick it around and have a chance here or there. I think Chelsea is going to do a similar thing. Uh, Lille's going to try and press, but Chelsea has not had a lot of trouble with that this year defensively. So I think this one's going to be another low scoring game. I'm kind of surprised under two and a half is only minus 120. Uh, I guess kind of expecting Leo to have to go forward and things will open up that way. But I like the under two and a half at minus 120
3: here. All right. We'll post them up on the screen here. And for those who missed it, these will be in the newsletter, Jeffrey Parlay on the job, uh, free Vista newsletter, correct? Jeff at visa.com slash or visa.com slash newsletter. Either one. Go to visa.com. Jason.com slash subscribe easiest way to get it a young Kevin Harlan. Once again, speaking of Kevin Harlan, he's with us next. Hey, Paul, do you have a, do you do brackets at all? Do you do anything
4: March Madness wise in your last I, minute I do, here? I do a bracket and I do a wins pool. So oh. six guys or five other guys and I you basically just draft teams and most wins at the end, uh, wins the pool. So okay. yeah, it's always fun when you get, especially into the middle. We're trying to figure out: do I take you know someone to the play-in game, or do I even take like a 16 seed toward the end in oh, one of those right. play-in games? Um, so yeah, the guy who won last year got UCLA in as one of those play-in teams, and he game the game. Well. Yeah, that was yeah, a, that was a yeah. So it's game. a lot of fun because it gives you a rooting interest. We actually last year. Excuse me. You take ten teams, and one guy got one win from all ten teams. Most impressive he's mm-hmm. ever seen.
3: That is, he's was amazing. That is incredible for all the was, wrong reasons. Yeah. That yeah, is couldn't do it again if you tried. That's amazing. Paul Carr, everybody from True Media Sports, director of content over there. You can follow him on Twitter at Paul Carr, C A R R. Thank you for the plays, Paul. We appreciate it. You bet. Have a good one. You too. Coming back, Kevin Harlan from uh, the Pittsburgh pod. This week in March Madness next.
5: The numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network.
3: Back by popular demand, the Vison help desk has returned. Our writers, hosts, and experts are here to answer your questions on all things college basketball. The Vison help desk is here for you, not only for the big dance, but on the NIT, CBI, and CIT too. Submit your questions at slash madness, and it could be answered by our experts on air or on vison.com It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. I have long joked on this show that my producer, Jeff parlay producer number five and eight here on a numbers game uh sounds like a young kevin harlan jeff what would you say to that i just want to hear your voice for everybody
2: wait wait way too kind of you (laughs) way way too too kind of you well it just so happens that we have
3: kevin harlan on the show today kevin harlan who uh i believe set the record for most Super Bowls called at westwood one obviously you know him from cbs and of course the nba on tnt it is the great kevin harlan good morning sir how are you
6: Good morning, guys. Great to be on with you. Thanks for having me on, and uh, what a great week. We're on the on the doorstep here of, of three terrific weeks of college basketball to wind up the season, and we're all going all over the country, which is great. You know, last year we were all in the bubble in Indianapolis, but this year we're going to the different sites, and it feels like it did before COVID, for sure.
3: It, it doesn't get better than, than this tournament. It doesn't get better than this week. You are broadcasting uh, with Reggie Miller, with Dan Bonner from Pittsburgh, uh, in the South region. And, man, you've got four games here in the round of 64, Kevin, three of which, uh, if I, with apologies to Longwood, um, who could, I suppose, pull off an upset over Tennessee. But what I'm really looking at here is, well, first of all, UAB a 12 seed against Houston, Chattanooga 13 seed against number four Illinois. Uh, uh, pardon me, yeah, Villanova. Pardon me. So a lot of these, you have some some potential upsets here in your pod. You got to be really excited about these games.
6: I'm very excited. Yeah, that's that's what kind of you live for. The 116s, the two 15 matchups. You know, those are those are pretty much you know already in the cement and hardened and you're done and you get maybe five, ten minutes out of a game like that and you spend the, the next half hour trying to figure out, you know, what you're going to talk about as the game's winding down. But when you've got some of these 4-13, 5-12 matchups, it changes the game a little. 7-10s, you know, but they are, they are exciting. And the thing about the tournament now, with all the one-and-dones and the great players really fleeing after just a year, is you're continually turning over the talent base, so it makes for interesting stories every year. But you don't have the dominant team, a team that can steamroll anybody because they've got two or three NBA players on their roster. So you look at it and say, you know, uh, upsets can happen, um, you know, with with a flip of a switch. And that's kind of what we're looking at. And we have one of those sites where those are some strong possibilities and and you look forward to that. At the same time, it's sure fun when you get to the, to the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight like we'll have next weekend. When you do have some familiar names, the Duke story is great. Gonzaga's been highly rated all year. Um, you know, there, there are some great stories with nine teams out of the Big Ten. So it's always kind of fun to have the big names there, certainly in that second weekend. But a Cinderella or two sure makes it interesting, and I think we're definitely going to get
3: that. Yeah, by the way, I may error on my part. Delaware-Villanova being your fourth, not Longwood-Tennessee, of course. Do you, I mean, this is this is one you, you know, you're doing the NFL, you're doing the NBA, Kevin, and those are, there's a, its own animals. But you just alluded to the, the, you know, the giant killer potential here in the round of 64. Do you find yourself, when you're doing these games, almost having to, fight the urge of subjectivity, right? I would imagine that you can't help but get excited about potential upsets if they are, in fact, flirting with that uh, during the game itself. That's a different animal entirely for you, I would imagine.
6: It is, and it's a great point. You know, um, we go into it thinking uh, that the double-digit seeds probably have not been on national TV very much. And, for instance, our first two games on Friday for Pittsburgh will be on CBS. And then that night they'll be on TNT. We've got two in the morning or two in the afternoon, I should say, two in the evening. So, you know, that's a national audience that a lot of these double-digit schools will not normally get. And I think it's incumbent on us as broadcasters and as the broadcast team to really, you know, tell the story and, and make sure that our information is accurate. Because this is kind of it. This is their one shining moment. They're not going to get a chance to to maybe advance beyond the first or second round for sure. So when you've got a school that not many people may know about, you mentioned Chattanooga or whoever UAB. Um, it, it's fun to kind of dig into the stories of why that team has made it, what has made them special. But the thing that you notice now, uh, Gil, more than you maybe have in the past, is. Because of the transfer portal, because the transfer rules are mm-hmm. really easy now for these kids and to play that additional COVID year if they want to, which is uh, you know been given to them by the NCAA. Um, you're seeing kids that are coming from Power Five conferences to these mid-major schools or these lesser-known conferences and playing right off the bat, and that evens the that evens the court uh, considerably. And we never go to be quite honest. We never go into any game thinking that there's not a chance for an upset. I believe every time they tip that ball off in the tournament in, in particular, there's always a chance for an upset. And, and that makes you, you know, as a broadcaster on the edge of your seat and very much, you know, you never mail it in because anything can happen. And expecting the unexpected kind of is our motto. You, you never know when that upset's going to take place. And, and the great teams, the Dukes, Kentucky – Kansas, even Gonzaga, you know, every team is flawed, and no team is just loaded. So any team can win, especially under the pressured eyes, you know, environment of the NCAA tournament with so much – at stake, so it really makes it fun.
3: It really does, and it makes for an already, uh, you know, a tournament filled with mayhem every year, even that much more uh, exciting this year with uh, with that as a backdrop. Uh, I can't have you on without asking you about a couple things that have happened in your career. Which is, you have this illustrious career that we've already talked about, and you know, you've won National Broadcaster of the Year awards. My goodness. But yet, Kevin, I'm sure it's not lost on you, and you've made wonderful moments of these. Uh, 2016, an NFL game in September, you know where I'm going with this, on Westwood 1, calling the game between the Niners and the Rams, where a streaker goes on the field, and and you famously are screaming uh, to the 50, to the 40, the guy is drunk, and you kept going with the play-by-play. You did another thing with the Black Cat uh, some years later, if I recall, between the the Giants and the Cowboys in 2019. Uh, Is it... Is it sort of uh, comical to you that you are almost as known for those moments as the body of your broadcasting career?
6: Well, probably, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't. Uh, you never plan those moments, uh, and both of those happened on radio, on TV. We won't show them, and and the cameras will move uh, to another part of the stadium, and um, you, you, but but on radio. Um, you've got, you know, you're so into the weeds and the description of the play set up and what's going on that sometimes the cat or the, the drunk will become part of, almost part of the play. <laughs> and and I, I, guess, I guess I've just had fun with it more than anything else. Both of those happen in games that were, were not as scintillating as you had hoped. And so you're trying to, trying to keep uh, maybe the audience engaged to a degree. But having fun, I think if people take it in that light, I'm I'm certainly okay with it. Um, I've I've kind of actually uh, decided to go the other direction now and just say, someone's on the field. We're gonna, uh, you know, have a quick pause here and we'll talk about something else. But but um, if people find them in the in the right light in which they were delivered, I'm I'm fine with them. And uh, people seem to like them. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Well, my I... bosses my bosses were okay at both places. So. So that that was good too. So, um, but uh, but you're you nice to mention that. Yeah, no, uh, I, kind of all part of, of all the different things that we do.
3: I remember the with the streaker. Your final line was, "In fact, that was the most exciting thing to happen tonight." <laughs> famously. All right, we only we only <laughs> have a minute left here, Kevin. And we have here at the network, we have a lot of uh, young aspiring broadcasters who are doing some play-by-play, like at the WAC tournament, at the Big West, at the West Coast Conference. They they really want to make it in this business. For for those that are not even there yet for those who are trying to get into sports broadcasting uh, in the, in 45 seconds or less what would be your bit of advice to them how should they approach it what's the best act
6: to take well I think I think the first thing that someone notices who's going to make a decision on a job is voice and delivery So i would I would concentrate on voice and delivery and there are so many great broadcasters out there my personal favorite right now in terms of the way his voice sounds and his delivery is Dan Shulman at ESPN. I think he probably has the best voice, kind of an old time voice, like Chuck Thompson, or Jim Simpson, uh, Pat Summerall, that kind of a voice, John Facenda. And uh, I listen to 10 seconds of you and listen to 10 seconds of him and compare and contrast and figure out what is he doing that I'm not and get a roadmap. Then eventually you'll, you'll get the exit ramp off that, that road you're on but you need to start somewhere, and that's where I would start. I would not not to imitate or mimic, but just to find out what he's doing in terms of delivery. Because delivery will be the number one thing that someone listens to that is hiring, radio or TV.
3: Great bit of advice. Kevin, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for spending time with us. Enjoy the games.
6: Thank you very much. Fun to be on.
3: Kevin Harlan, everybody, from CBS and TNT. And thanks to him for bringing uh, Chuck Thompson back into my life for a moment there at Great Baltimore Colts, Baltimore Orioles. Announcer back in the day on the Orioles Baseball Network. Coming back, Jeff and I, next on all things VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today.
1: I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's Chief Medical Correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford...
0: Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person.
1: Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app.
6: Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining
0: me today is Alison Bree.
6: The numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: BetMGM, the King of Sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your Bet MGM points into MGM rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and Nationwide. BetMGM Rewards Sports Betting premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers incredible experiences and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM rewards eligibility restrictions apply visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions must be 21 years of age or older to wager please gamble responsibly gambling problem call one 8 Hundred gambler. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. What, what was it like being reconnected to your biological father, Kevin Harlan, <laughs> last segment? Big, that it's big time there, Gil, uh, right? You guys are a little
2: awkward not talking to each other. What's going on? What a, what a again, nice what, guy, by the way. What, what, what a pleasure to have Kevin Harlan Absolutely. with us. Uh, by the way, also continuing the theme, we have Clark Kellogg tomorrow morning on the program. Oh, yes, we do. Clark
3: Kellogg, who, by the way, is just... As excited as ever, when you watch him on the selection show on Sunday, he's just just absolutely geeked uh, for the tournament each and every year. 18 years, I believe, he's been doing that with Greg Gumbel, uh, the selection show. Uh, did you see this? Uh, so we talked with Chrissy yesterday on the show about the Tom Brady bets that were made here at the South Point and elsewhere around town. Here at the South Point, um, someone came in last Thursday, made a bet on the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl at 50-1. to 1. As Chrissy described it to us yesterday, came back, made a smaller wager at thirty to one, made another one at twenty five to one, and apparently this uh this guy or guys i don 't know what it was went around town making other bets as well um, so we have, and i 'm just going i 'm just going to repeat the story here jeff, and i 'm not going to comment it on i 'm just going to leave it here because Lord knows I can be accused of uh, of uh subjectivity here, so i 'm not going to say anything, but this is from uh, the Las Vegas. Sports Review, uh, not, excuse me, Las Vegas, pardon me, the Las, no, it's actually from... It's from the RJ. It's from the RJ, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm reading the pro football talk piece that is quoting the Las Vegas Review-Journal, pardon me, um, but apparently... Uh, as explained by Todd Dewey of the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Westgate Sportsbook Vice President Jay Cornegay believes that significant bets placed on the Buccaneers last week arose from inside information that Brady would be unretiring, and Cornegay wants the NFL to look into it. Um, side note from me, I think it's clear that the betters knew had some inside information. Uh, but again, the sharp better placed a large bet on Thursday for the Bucks to win the NFC at 30-1 to uh, and the Super Bowl at 60-1. to I guess that was at the Westgate. After the Tampa Bay odds to win the Super Bowl were dropped to 25 to one, the same better bet on the Bucks again. Uh, quote, there's not a doubt in my mind that they knew he was coming back when they placed those wagers on Thursday, Cornegay said, and these were not casual betters; They would be categorized as as educated betters. It wasn't a guy with a Tom Brady jersey at the counter. It was a player that we would describe as sharp. With that type of play in the announcement, we heard that he was unretiring. There was information that was shared prior to his official announcement. He goes on to say, there is no doubt in my mind that information leaked sometime in the middle of last week. This is concerning. I don't think I've ever said the NFL really needs to investigate something, but this is something they need to look into and how it got out, because there are many books that took some sizable wagers in the middle of last week, unquote. That from Jay Cornegay at the Westgate, and I will uh, largely leave that without commentary, because again, I could be accused of having a side here. But I will say this, let let me just say this from, from the Westgate standpoint. It, it does, it, listen, for, for those of us who are, who are bettors, we recoil at that kind of talk. But because the NFL does have deals with gambling companies, um, I can sort of see where he, where he would be coming from just sort of as a, hey, uh, you may want to tamp down on that kind of thing. But again, as far as the betting standpoint of things, you know where I stand without having to say anything. Um, hey, man, it's going to happen. It's going to happen at times, and uh, good on those guys for getting ahead of stuff. By the way, by the way, Chrissy, Chrissy was very open. He's like, hey, look, I got 11 months to, to balance my books, right? You don't cry for me. 11 bucks, will be fine. 11 months, rather. And the other thing about this is with the bucks, there is no guarantee they're winning a Super Bowl. This just in, right? Tom Brady is going to be 145 years old next year. Oh, not the 100 part. He's going to be 45 years old next year. Father Time, undefeated famously. The Bucks have free agency issues. I mean, I, if listen, the, the, I would be if, if you're a book, you should welcome that action. Honestly, like I don't, I don't think it's like the, a major deal. Eleven months to to balance it, but I'll just leave it at that, and people can sort of uh, draw their own conclusions. Jeff, um, we have, of course, some first four in games tonight and tomorrow night. Do you have any plays in these?
2: Tonight I do not tonight I do not I think uh, you're you don't, looking you don't at You want be
3: part of Texas Corpus Christi in Texas No
2: nah, look the Islanders are good to me on Saturday I don't need to go back down that well again uh those teams are they're re, team 67 and 68 for a reason uh the, that number feels right How dare for you. for A&M and uh, Big Texas Corpus Southern. Christi contingency listening to this show <laughs> Sorry to our guy Brad Porras. Brad but Brad Porras, uh, we
3: apologize But
2: but uh the late game I, I would like to see Wyoming take some action and then come back on Indiana. I think four is right. I would like a little less – if Wyoming get, gets hidden, it goes to three and a half or even three, probably would look uh, to Indiana or maybe a cheaper money line than $1.80 on, on the Hoosiers. I, I just don't like the way that Wyoming matches up with Indiana in this game. I think Indiana's bigs will be able to take Graham E.K., the the big guy, the second best player on Wyoming out of the game. We've seen E.K. really struggle with physical play the last few weeks. And then uh, Hunter Maldonado, who is really used as a post player, even though he's a guard, I just the way Indiana plays defense. I just think this is a bad matchup for Wyoming. I think this number right now at four is about right. Okay, first four in tonight. That game, by the way, the Indiana
3: Wyoming game nine ten Eastern six ten Pacific. Don't call it the first round anymore. Remember those two years we called it the first round, and then the the round of sixty four we called it the second round. Remember how confusing br- br- that was? Brilliant stuff. Just brilliant. Well, thankfully we got rid of that. So these are, and by the way, don't call these play in games. First four in. It's the uh, technical term for these. Uh, looking forward to that tonight, and then uh, with baseball, with the move so far, have you placed any baseball wagers? I have not yet, but I'm about to dive in.
2: No, nothing for me. Yeah, it just my the, the lockout totally just messed with the way that I'm going to be handicapping baseball this year because now that we're in spring, legitimately spring training, free agency, all at the same time. Season starts in three and a half weeks. All of our brains are mostly on March Madness right now. I, I may I, This may be a year where I legitimately end up with no preseason baseball.
3: I just want to repeat the two points that we made on baseball earlier, which are really actionable gambling points. Again, we had Vaskirgin, Matt Vaskirshen on primetime action last night. The thing about the Blue Jays and playing in Toronto, if you're unvaccinated, you cannot play uh, a game in Toronto against the Jays. So we're going to find out. They have, they have a series early against the Yankees, against the Red Sox, against the Astros. If you have conviction on the Blue Jays, don't wait to make those. Make those early because you would, by extension, believe that they have a built in advantage uh, in those particular series here moving forward. So if you want to make season long bets on the Blue Jays, that is, know that in advance and don't wait on that. The other one was Jason alluded to this, and I'm not sure how many people caught it as well. But this is all, but by the way, we were complimenting the Westgate on this, which was uh, that they seem to understand the baseball futures market prices better than most books do, which is to say that now with the expanded playoff format going to 12, remember they, there was a notion that it might be 14. It ends up being 12, so six teams per league, uh, 15 teams per league, uh, American League and National League, but six make the postseason now. So what's that? That's, 40, that's 40% of, every league, of each league in baseball now makes the postseason. Forty percent, for goodness sake. Uh, And so teams like the Angels, let's use them again as the example. A team like the Angels, who in a normal season, what's their M.O.? A lot of promise, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, two MVPs, for goodness sake, on the same team. Oh, if they could just get some pitching, they could get in the playoffs, they they could do it. Well... As as you keep expanding teams in the playoffs, a team like that now starts to get just the help they need for that little push over the top to get into a postseason. And then once you get into the postseason, again, as we said, we quoted the stats by Lopez piece, which is, again, 80% of of NBA favorites in postseason series get through because the NBA is super top heavy. To have that manifest in hockey, you'd have to play a best of 51. To have that manifest in baseball, you'd have to play a best of 75. That's how random it is. So a team like the Angels, look at the prices. They figured it out at the Westgate, right? They adjusted those properly. But there's other books Right, that exist right now, books that you have access to, that haven't figured out that little course So, it doesn't have to be the Angels. I'm just using them as example. Maybe you have conviction on the Mariners, for the reasons we talked about earlier with the trade that they made. Maybe it's another team in the National League that you think is bubble-ish, if you will, to use the NCAA term, a team that's on the bubble right now. Keep that in mind when placing your futures uh, baseball plays here prior to the season, which is, well, well, a little more than three weeks away at this point as they uh, play a truncated spring training. Jason Weingart will be in town, by the way. Uh, He'll be on the show tomorrow remotely, but he will be in town. Hopefully we'll have him in studio. While everybody else is betting March Madness, he'll be betting preseason baseball.